0: Inside Chicago Government,
1: Welcome to another in a series of interviews with Ben Jarofsky. I'm Dave Glowitz. Ben writes on government and politics for the Chicago Reader, and he's here with me today. Welcome to the broadcast. Thank you, Senator. Today we're talking about your article that appeared in the Reader on May eighth, 2014, titled Mayor Emanuel's Latest School Plan Unites the City in Opposition. You write of the administration's announcement that it would build a selective enrollment high school on the near north side in Stanton Park using tax increment financing and it after Barack Obama. This announcement has angered parents and community members on the south and west sides. According to a recent Sun-Times article by Tim Novak and Chris Fusco. The percentage of white students has increased at Chicago's top high schools. Novak and Fusco wrote, quote, The increase in the number of white students fulfills the predictions of education observers that minority students would be edged out of slots at the city's top schools as a result of a 2009 ruling by U.S. District Judge Charles P. Kakoris lifting a 1980 consent decree, unquote. That consent decree had forced Chicago public schools to desegregate schools. In their article, Novak and Fusco also said, that five of the city's selective enrollment high schools are on the south and west sides, and they get very few applications from whites, so they have almost no white students. Mm -hmm. I want to call attention to a recent ProPublica series on segregation. ProPublica reporter Nicole Hannah-Jones found a steady increase since the early 90s in the number of black students nationwide who attend schools where a very small percentage of the student body is white. Finally, let's listen to a part of an interview on the Real News Network with Ms. Hannah-Jones in which she describes what's happened with schools in the U.S. South.
0: What we're seeing is as these school districts, hundreds of school districts, have been released from their court orders to integrate um, in the last 10 to 20 years. And as they release, within a few years, these districts almost always start to take actions that resegregate Black students.
1: Ben, if we presume that Chicago had achieved some level of uh, integration in its public schools. Would you agree that we're now looking at a resegregation in Chicago?
0: Yeah, I think that's what's going on here. It was really predictable as soon as the consent decree that imposed a certain level of integration was lifted. There was no incentive for Chicago public schools to uh, pursue the goal of integration. And so were drifting toward more segregation. That consent decree, the city agreed to it because they wanted to avoid court mandated busing. In those days, a court would actually order a school system to put kids on a bus to move them out of their neighborhood into another neighborhood, a school in another neighborhood so that the schools would be integrated and generally it was black kids put on a bus and sent to a white neighborhood and the city of Chicago didn't want that so they concocted this voluntary program where they induced parents to send their kids to integrated schools by offering them benefits at the schools, magnet schools, etc.
1: What were the benefits?
0: Most schools in Chicago don't have a regular full art program. They don't have a drama. They may give you music. They may give you art, drawing art, but they won't have dance. They won't have theater. They won't have all four, you know, maybe one or two. And so, like the great magnet schools, use art as a way of getting uh, parents to send their kids to the school.
1: How did the quota system work?
0: Just like any quota system, there was a cap number on the number of white kids a school could have, supposedly. But,
1: and was it at every school? Was it like that?
0: For instance, Northside is always that's, north Side is a smart kid school on the, um, the north side. There's a lot of smart kids in that school. They always do really well in test scores. And there has always been a trouble getting— black students in that school. I think a lot of it has to do with where it's located. It's not here a black community. It's a long trip. If there is no goal, if there is no cap, the school doesn't even have to try to get black kids to come there. So integration is not even a goal
1: anymore. But going back to when the system was in place, the quota system, what was the practical result of having the quota? For
0: instance, at Whitney Young, let's say, where there is a far greater interest from black applicants. The end result is that if you cap the number of white kids who could go there, you're going to have more black kids or more Hispanic kids.
1: The cap would only kick in if the cap was exceeded. Those goals were waived if
0: you couldn't reach them. In other words, if there weren't enough black kids applying to a school, predominantly white school, to uh, limit the white enrollment, then obviously you can't achieve that goal and vice versa. If white parents aren't signing up to send their kids to a predominantly black school— then you're not going to achieve the goal. And it was most successful in north side schools because that's where what little integration we have in Chicago is on the north side.
1: That's all we've got time for. Ben, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, sir. Listeners, we welcome your questions and comments via Facebook and Twitter. Search for Inside Chicago Government. I'm Dave Glowetz. Thanks for listening.